We did announce that today was going to be a prayer night, but you'll have to come back tomorrow. Because I'm going to continue. Who's okay with that? I mean, because if you weren't. Give it up for the worship team. Praise God. I'm going to continue on effective prayers. I'm going to go a, a little different route. I really felt to do this. And I know that if you're, you're receptive and receive it, it'll help you. If not, it'll hinder you. The word becomes a stumbling block to those that don't obey it. But if you receive it, then it'll lift you up. Amen. But before I do that, how many of you know the guys went to the prison this morning? So we're just going to hear a report. Brother Ram, I don't know who, who, you, who you, but you know, y'all got to testify. Amen. 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 God is good, huh? And I almost, uh, was too drunk from getting up from the worship right there, man. It was, I said, that's it. But, man, it was awesome today. Uh, you know, uh, actually, you know, we, we, actually, we were supposed to be there last week, you know, but God had other plans, right? So we show up there and, and you know, the devil always tries something, right? Right when we get to the gate, you know, the, the, the shack, you know, the, the, the guard up there says, uh, I hope all of you are on the list because I had four that weren't on the list last week. I was like, brother, I said, brother, we weren't here last week. We on that list. And uh, so we go in, right? And then it's like, Bram, y'all were supposed to be here last week. I said, man, I, I emailed the chaplain. He told me all good. So I got, I got the army with me today. And he's like, man, but look, thank God you're here. You're here for a reason. And uh, within the minister there, he, he uh, uh, supposedly he only needed 30 minutes, right? I don't know if that's how he always goes or what. I said, man, he said, Ram. Do what you do. Take all the time. Take two. Take almost two. Uh, uh, an hour and a half, and then he just wants the thirty minutes afterwards. And I said, "Man, look, we'll, we'll sit down and have church. I mean, it's his service. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want to give up my service." And uh, he's like, "Nah, he only needs thirty minutes." So I said, "Okay, well, cool. We'll do what we do, you know." And uh, and man, God moved. It was so awesome. I mean, it, it's it's like I was sharing with the brothers. It's like, man, God. It's amazing how God works, right? He continues to wow us, right? And, and, and one thing that I, a word that I had for the guys is like, it's like Pastor said right now, you know, it's like, let this year be, let this year be your year that you go to another level in your relationship with Christ. That's what I told him. I opened it up. And then I opened it up with, a, a, if you have to be hungry. Who's hungry? You have to be hungry. If you're not hungry, you're not going to eat. And, and, and if you're not thirsty, you're not going to drink from the living water, right? And that's the only thing without the living water or the bread of life, you would never be satisfied. Amen? And so, so that, was, that was from the get-go. But my thing was about prayer, you know. It's like, let this year, don't let it just be another year. Don't let it be like the every year, same as the world, you know, New Year's resolutions. No, let this year be... Let this year be of, of, of miracle working. Let God answer. Let, your mirac- let, let it be a year... Not, not a miracle that, 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 that your brother or sister can make happen for you. A prayer. Let it be a prayer. 
I'll title it, let it be an only Jesus miracle. Amen. Let it be an only Jesus miracle. That way when they, when they see you, you don't even have to talk. That, 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 all they're going to say is only Jesus. You know, and, and I said, let it be a year of only Jesus miracles. And, and, and I said, but, but that's just not going to happen. You know, and, and I shared the scripture. Uh, uh, I'll go into it real quick because pastor got power. No pastor got a word for it. But, but, but the scripture, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, right? It says, for the eyes of the Lord run, run to and fro. Right? To and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong. Right? So I told the fellas to show himself strong on behalf of those those, right? It separates. I told him it separates to show himself strong on those, right? So the thing is, is like he wants to show himself strong. He's looking. He's looking. He's looking to show himself not just a little bit. He said strong. Only Jesus miracle. Only Jesus miracle, right? Strong on behalf of, uh, uh, on behalf of those. It says, one translation says, on, on behalf of those whose hearts are totally committed to me. Totally sold out for me. You know, when, when, you know it, it, it feels so good, man, when, 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 when you know God is using you. God, you, I said, man, Lord, you're just using us. You know, yesterday, me and Pastor George at the outreach, Roy's outreach, and God just moving out there. You know, I'm like, man, look at that. God, today, you know, God just using us, using the brothers, man, that, 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 that a year ago were, were drinking every day. Now they're with me going to minister God's word. You know, it's like, man, you know, only Jesus miracle. Amen. Let this be your year. Not of a little, not of a little miracle. Ask God. Believe God. You know, and, 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 and it says, it says, and, and be in expectancy for your only Jesus miracle. Not a miracle that a man can make happen. I'm talking about a miracle, man. It is, it, if, if God don't do it, it ain't going to happen. Only Jesus. Amen. And, 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 and I want to leave, I want to leave this, this scripture with you. And I want my brother Jr. to come up and, and, uh, but, uh, you know, you have to be specific. One thing the Lord showed me, be specific in your prayer. You know, every time Jesus, Jesus healed somebody, he, the thing was, you know, it, he brought me to blind Barmadeus and, and he says, uh, what do you, what do you want? Jesus knew he was blind. The lame man by the pool for 38 years, Jesus, Jesus asked him, do you even, even want to be made well? Jesus knew. He already knows. He knows. But he wants to hear your mouth. It needs to be some faith. It needs to be some action. Lord, that I may see. I need my sight. Lord, I need this, I need this away. Take this away. And, and, and my prayer, it wasn't just, hey, Lord, what you could do for me, what, you could, what can I do for you this year, Lord? Expand me, Lord. Expand me and let me know what I cannot do for you. I know you're going to take care of me, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you all the specifics, Lord. But show me. Open my vision. Give me direction. Give me more. What can I do for you? Amen? And, and so I, I want to share this scripture with you right quick. In uh, First Chronicles 4.9, and it says, uh, uh, in the NLT, it says, First Chronicles 4, 4, 9, and then I'm going to read through 10. Just put it up there. It says, there was a man named Jabez, right? I put Ram. And you could put your name or, hey, there was a woman who was more honorable than any of his brothers or sisters. His mother named him Jabez or Ram because his birth had been so painful. It's all the moms, right? And then he says, he was the one who prayed to God of Israel. And this is my prayer, right? I'm going to stand on this all year. And it says, oh, 
that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do, Lord, and keep me from trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Amen. Hey, God will grant you your request. Hey, Lord, be with me in all that I do. Every, every morning, hey, Lord, Holy Spirit, be with me in all that I do. I, I was sharing with my brother the other day that pastor said that most people come on Sundays just to visit Jesus. And then there's some that have been with him all week. You know, and that hit me. I, I stuck with me all week. I was like, man, that was fire. You know, and I, told, I was sharing with Jeremiah. I said, man, not me. I walk into church and Jesus is with me and we're going to look at who's here. Let's see who's here, Jesus. Let's see who's visiting you. But, uh, hey, that scripture right there is powerful. You know, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Where else do you want me to go, Lord? Who else do you want me to touch? Who else, who else needs to hear about you, Jesus? Amen? Because, hey, to, to, to get real with it, the Lord, the Jesus is, hey, we're on the last hours, right? But the Lord is not going to send his son until everyone's heard. Not everyone's received. Everyone's heard. So we need to get out, get out, get out. Let our light shine. Amen. God is so good, man. JR, just share with him a little bit about your testimony real quick and then. Hello, hello. So, um, man, God is good. So I just want to share with you a little bit about what happened today. So we went to the Clemens unit. And um, so there was, there was already a pastor there, right? Well, bef before all that, let me share this. Before I came here, I was... Busted and disgusted, right? Headed, headed to straight destruction because I was once following the Lord, but then I sidetracked it because of COVID. They shut down the uh, Grace Church, a church that I used to go to. And I, start, I started drinking more on the weekends. And I kind of like drifted away from the Lord. I'm not going to say I kind of, I did drift away from the Lord. So that had a big impact on me. But it was really on me because I'm supposed to stay, you know, you know the Bible says... Therefore, lay him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. So, so, so I don't care how strong we think we are. The flesh is weak, but the spirit of God is willing, right? So thank God that he heard my prayer whenever I was crying out to him. And I told him, Lord, I said, man, lead me to the right church because I know you got a plan for my life. I know you got a purpose for my life because Jeremiah 29, 11 says it. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I want that plan and I want that future, right? So the Lord led me to the Power of Love Church, you know, with, with you, know, you know, all you guys. And man, and God has been so good. He's changed my life because the Bible says who the son says free is free indeed. I never experienced that. I never experienced being free. I've been free from alcohol. I, I don't even drink no more. I don't like to, I don't want to party no more. I don't do none of that. And you know what? You know, it has to come to the point where, where we say, you know, in Matthew 10, 37 says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not pick up his cross and come after me is not worthy of me. But he who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Man, come on, man. God is good, man. Hey, I give God all the praise and all the glory because today I'm able to stand with my chest out, my head up, praising God and thanking him for his grace and his mercy on my life. And now he's using somebody like me, somebody that's been in, out of, in and out of the penitentiary, 
You know, growing up, messed up, all jacked up, I ain't know how to be a father. Now I could be a father, a real father to my children, a real husband to my wife, a real son to my mom that's present right now. You know, and so now he's using me to go out with my other brothers to the penitentiaries to go share the good news about the Lord. You know, because, you know, like his word says, anybody that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Right? So we share the good news. We share the good news. And um, there was a pastor there before we even got there. And it was his weekend. But God works through divine appointments. He knew. He knew that he needed us there as well. So we got there. And this pastor, he's been going there. But he, he don't preach. He don't really just, you know, he don't really just got the, got the Holy Spirit like that, right? Flowing, flowing through his body. He don't got it like that. So long story short, Brother Ram got up there, had the, had the whole place shook up, man. Holy Spirit moving. Then he gave me the mic, you know. I went up there, shared my testimony of what God has been doing for me in my life, in my family's life. I give him all the praise and all the glory. We passed on the mic to another brother, and then after that, the pastor that I told y'all that he don't, he don't really just get that, man. He was up there. He was on fire. This, this microphone was on fire for the Lord. <laughs> he got up there, did his thing. The brothers, the brothers that are locked up came and told Brother Ram, he said, man, that's crazy because, man, this pastor, he ain't never preached like that before. He never preached like that, but it was the it was the Holy Spirit moving so hard. A lot of people came and accepted the Lord. We prayed for them. We worshiped. And at the end of the service, just real quick, me and my brother Gabriel, man, we were we were just talking, right? Fellowshipping. And uh and one of the one of the guys, um, he's an inmate and he like runs like the like the ministry and stuff like that, right? Um, so he comes and he's like, hey brother, hey man, I got some news for you. And I was like, I was like, what's going on, brother? He was like, he said, hey, man, he said, uh, man, right after service, man, there was a guy that came in and said, uh, hey, man, you know, you know, he had this look on his face and he was like, man, what's going on, brother? You OK? He's like, he's like, man, I'm ready to lay it down. He's like, he like lay what down? He's like, he, he's a member of the Crips. He, he's, he's, he's been a member, so they know him. He's like, he's like, he heard, he said, the guy in the white sweater with the polo on there, I heard his testimony, and God touched me. He said, God touched me. I've never been touched like that. And now I want to lay down my life to, to seek the Lord, to follow the Lord. And I give God all the praise and all the glory because I do this for him. He gives all the praise and he gives all the glory. In Jesus' name. Fire, 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 fire. He's a member of the crib. That means he's a leader, right? Cribs. He's okay. All right. Not no more. But these are influential people. You grab a hold of one of these guys. Billy Graham was one, the only one that answered the altar call when he got saved. Led millions to the Lord. You're that one. 
and we'll lead many, 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 many. And saviors shall arise, Obadiah says. Deliverers. Hallelujah. JR. God. The devil messed up. An army of the Lord is rising up. World changers. Champions. Bold believers. Non-compromising. Lovers of righteousness and hate what is wicked. Kingdom people. Go ahead and turn to Romans 8. Praise the Lord. I'm hearing such great testimonies. Who here the Lord has done something for you lately? Praise the Lord. Romans 8.32. 31 and 32. What shall we then say? To these things, if God before us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I want to continue on the subject of effective prayer. But I, 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 I'm going to continue next Sunday morning, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to continue to go the route that I went. I'm going a, a little different route today, but it still uh, has to do with helping you pray effectively. Amen. The first thing I will mention, or let me say this, Kenneth e. Hagin said, and listen very carefully, amen. You'll never just pray just to pray. You'll never pray... And wonder if God hurt you. The Bible says that the ears of the right, the, uh, the, the prayers, uh, the ears of the Lord are open. Say open to the prayers of the righteous. But he faces away, he turns away from the wicked. So that's not you. If you are in Christ Jesus and you're the righteousness of God and you need to see yourself like that. If you messed up, repent and get right back in that righteousness. Amen. Get back in that place with God. Because when you know that you are the righteousness of God and right standing with God, then you, this is for you. Then you know, when I pray, God hears me. And it's important for you to know that if you're going to receive answers to your prayer. But it's not good enough just to know that God hears you. You got to know that God answers. God is an answering, praying God. The same way when you walk in faith, it's not good just to know that God can. A lot of people know that God can. They know that he's all powerful. They don't question that, but they don't know if it God wills. So it's not good enough just to know that God can, but you must know that it is God's will. God can do it for me and he will do it for me. Amen. 
And so Kenneth e. Hagen said, if you're not expecting anything when you pray, there is no need to pray. Go to bed. Go home. Don't, don't go home, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason to pray. If you're not expecting anything, God wants you to expect when you pray. How many people in expectancy are here today? Not of what God might do. Because if you're that, you're still not in faith. If you're still expecting, expectation is not that God will do something for you. Your expectation is, you know he has already done it. It's like when you know something is going to be mailed to you, you're not wondering if it's going to get mailed to you. You're checking the mail to see if it's here. There's a difference. Amen. And so expectation is very important, and your expectation is of the Lord, the Bible says. So you're not expecting to see if God is going to do it for you because when you prayed, you settled it. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. Amen. So when we pray, we settle it. And by faith, it's done. Consider it as good as done. We're not waiting to see. We're expecting the manifestation of it. It's showing up. Because I see it already. It's in me already. Amen. The mailman's coming. UPS is coming. FedEx is coming. Because that, that, that's already written off to me, and I know. Amen. So you go check. You can use it as waking up every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is my day of victory. Today is my day of delivery. Amen. It makes, it makes all, all the difference. And so, prayer, as I mentioned this morning, it must be heartfelt. It's not playing. It's not, it has to be heartfelt. He who comes to God must believe that he is God. You're approaching the throne when you pray. And so, it's a serious thing. It's a powerful thing. It has to be heartfelt. JR quoted Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23. Go ahead and put it up there. Maybe. Jeremiah 23, 29-11. Sorry, Joey, that's my bad. I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't send out a rebuke, but <laughs> that would have been bad. 29-11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Bible says that the, God's thoughts for you are many, more than the grains of the sand. God thinks. Aren't you glad God thinks? You should think too. Good thoughts. Amen. Don't do away with your mind. Renew the spirit of your mind by the word of God. 
For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Next. This is key. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me. Hold on. I didn't finish reading it. And I will hearken unto you. Then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray. And I will hearken unto you. Next. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jair didn't finish quoting 29.11, but he basically said it. If you want to find your life, you got to lose it. If you lose your life, you find it. That means you got to serve God with all your heart. That means you got to commit yourself to God unreserved. That means you got to be serious with God. You got to give him everything. Say heartfelt. In James 5, 15, what does that say? Sixteen. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Put it in the Amplified Classic, please. Amplified Classic, please. AMPC. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or a woman makes tremendous power available dynamic and it's working it's the heart felt it's the earnest heart felt continued prayer that makes of a righteous man that makes say makes tremendous power available prayer has to be heartfelt amen and prayer changes things. So, number one, it must be a heartfelt prayer. Number two, we must pray in line with God's word. In 1 John 14. I know these are scriptures you're familiar with, but. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Whose prayer life is going to another level? I already see that. I see that. First John. First John. Five. 
Wait, maybe not five. Yeah, five, 14, and 15. And this is the confidence, the assurance that we have in him. That if we ask anything, say anything, according to his will, he heareth us. One thing that you have to know, if you don't know yet, God's word is his will. You don't have to wonder about the will of God. God's word is God's will. And faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith something for you what you don't know. But when what God's word when you get a hold of the word of God, then you get a hold of the will of God and therefore you can pray co with confidence that because you're praying according to the word of God, God heareth you. Verse 14. And if we know Or if I know that he hears me, personalize it. Whatsoever I ask. Say whatsoever. Come on, shout whatsoever. I ask. I know. That word know is you know that you know that you know. That word know is not questionable. I know that I have the petition that I desire of him. So there's no, that removes all wondering. What is the key? Pray in line with God's word. It's lining up with God's word that will commit God to you. Praying according to the word of God will commit God to you and to your situation. It's the lining up. It's not about crying. It's not about how tough your situation is. God is compassionate towards you, but crying doesn't move God. Unless you're crying in faith. But if you're crying because of the way things are in your life, I'm telling you that God has given us a way so we can see a change and a turnaround in our lives. Javis could have cried. Javis could have cried and said, well, this is my luck. I guess these are the cards that are dealt to me. I guess this is just how my life is going to be. They named him Jabez, which meant a sorry life, basically. But he knew God. And he understood the power of prayer because the Bible says that he cried out to God in prayer. He could have cried for the rest of his life and be like, I can't believe this is the life that God gave me. I can't believe. I can't believe my mom. I can't believe my dad. I can't believe. I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe. Why didn't my mama name me Jabez? I mean, I can't. What a sorry life I'm, I have been dealt with. God, why did you let this happen to me? Why, why did you give me this life, Lord? I could have been born in another family. Look, my brother over there, blah, 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 blah. Now don't move, God. But Jabez knew God. He knew the power of prayer and he cried out to the Lord, Lord, help me expand my territory. Bless me. Keep me from evil because that was going to be his life. A sorry one. And God heard his prayer. Just like God heard your prayer when you called out in the name of the Lord, he saved you. 
It took a prayer to save you. In the same way and in the same power, when you pray to God, if he can save you from hell, he can surely answer your prayer for anything else. If he forgave you of your sin and washed you in his blood, don't you know that anything else, he will hear you and he will answer you when you pray in faith. You mean it with your heart and you speak it with your mouth. It's not hard. You don't like your story, change it. Pray. Don't cry. Pray. If you cry, cry in faith. Because God is moved by faith. It is faith, total confidence in God and in his word that moves the hand of God. By faith we live, by faith we move, by faith we see, by faith we receive, and by faith, most importantly, we please God. So stop crying, look at his word, and take the responsibility. Go to the throne room. Amen. Who are you talking to, Pastor? Anybody. Amen. Prayer changes things. It doesn't change God. God is God. But prayer changes things. Prayer changes situations. Prayer changes stories. Amen. But you must, Martin Luther said, pray like it all depends on God. That means pray intensely. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. We can pray like Peter. Pray intensely. Mean heartfelt. If you're going to pray, pray. And I'll share more on that. On the help of the Holy Spirit through our prayer life. But pray like it all depends on God. God, if pray, pray, pray. Pray in the understanding. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray according to the word of God. Come on. Engage in prayer. Wholeheartedly. Intensely. With perseverance. And when you do, God performs for you. He does. He is committed to his word. He'll change your story. He'll change your situation. He did it for Jabez. He'll do it for you. And I believe you've already experienced that change of story. But there is new chapters that God is about to flip you to. Through your prayer life. Through your prayer life. I see that happening in this church. I see this happening in the lives of you. Pray like it all depends on God. How wholeheartedly. In line with God's word. In faith. And I'm talking to kingdom people. Why do you want God to do this kingdom purpose, number one? And then after you're done praying, get up and go. Pray like it all depends on God. And after you're done praying... 
Get off, dust your knees, and get up and go and act. Get up and go and do. Amen. Like it all depends on you. You don't pray to God, then get up and go. Hallelujah. Go do what? Whatever you believe the Lord, whatever you settled in prayer. What have you, did you receive? Then go plan out. Go plan it out. Make arrangements. Go look around. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. A new job? Well, after you prayed, you ain't done nothing. You got out of the house. Start working on your resume. Start sending them out. Whatever it is. You're believing for your children? Consider them already in the kingdom of God. Stop talking about them like they're lost. Stop seeing them like they're lost. They might be out there, but God will, God, not, God will put somebody in their path. They'll be arrested by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God knows where they're at. But you think you're going to save them. You're not going to save them. Your prayers. But God will put somebody right there. But you keep doing the, the, the work of the Lord. Amen. God is faithful. That's doing. Whatever it is. You want to you win more souls? Start opening your mouth. You want a better relationship with God? Then make those necessary adjustments. You want to draw near to the Lord? Well, take some time to consecrate yourself before the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's doing like it all depends on you after you prayed. Amen. Whatever it is. You, you, you decide. God will change your story through your prayer life. They said this about you, or you got this report, pray. God will turn it around. The doctor said this, pray. God will turn it around. Pray like it all depends on God and get up and go like it all depends on you. God is a covenant-keeping God. Jeremiah 33, 20. He's a covenant-keeping God. It is sealed by the blood of Jesus. And if you, uh, if you follow the terms of the covenant, then you are bound to see the manifestation of God. Come on, you vow to the Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I don't belong to myself. I belong to you. And I, I didn't join a religion. I joined a relationship. And a, and a relationship that I acknowledge. I'm married to you, Lord. I acknowledge you in my waking. I acknowledge you in my walk uh, through the noonday. And I acknowledge you in my laying down. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't belong to myself. This body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This body don't go committing adultery. This, this body don't hold hands with the world. This body is saving the world, not holding hands with the world. I'm in a relationship with God. Amen. Those are meeting the terms of the, of the covenant. A life that is pleasing unto God. Those are people whose hearts are committed to the Lord. God is a covenant God. And as for him, like he told Abraham, I'll keep my covenant. But we must keep our part as well. Amen. Amen. He's worthy of it all. Amen. 
We don't just sing it, we live it. Amen. God is first. Praying in, in, in line with God's word changes things. Turn to Isaiah 38. I'm going to show you something. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Is this helping somebody? It'll get a little... Um, never mind. Isaiah 38. How many of you are thankful for your church? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm telling you. In Isaiah 38, look at this. Verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. That means he had a sickness unto death. He was going to die. That's, a bad, that's bad news, right? And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. That's the Lord. Told him what was going to happen. He had a sickness unto death. Verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall. What did he do? Prayed. He prayed unto the Lord. And said, remember, look at that capital letter, R. I don't know if it's on there. Remember, that means he's reminding God of his covenant, of his word. Amen. What if he did not know? What if you don't know what God says and you're given this report? You know what's going to happen? You'll die. But when you got the word of the Lord and when you got the spirit of prayer, Say what you say. I know what God said. And I'm, and I'm about to talk to God. Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I, how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart. He knew his walk with the Lord. Do you know your walk with the Lord? How is it? Five so-so, lukewarm, seven, almost there, ankle deep, waist deep, all the way in, <laughs> or red hot on fire, all the way. I'm so glad Celeste's here. How far do you drive, Celeste? All right. Hallelujah. That's not far. He said, remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee. Now I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and have done which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. He prayed. He came to the Lord with confidence. Amen. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, 
Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard your prayer. It's awesome, right, Maida? It's wonderful. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Those were good tears because he prayed them in faith. He wasn't like, why me, Lord? Why me? Behold, the Lord said, I will add unto you 15 years. That changes story. God will change your story. God added 15 years to Hezekiah when he was about to die. Because he believed God and because he prayed to God. God heard his prayer and God answered his prayer. God is a good God. He is a good father. He is a merciful father. Hallelujah. And he loves you. He changed his story. And we have the word of the Lord. Praying in line with God's word. Isaiah 53, verse 3 and 4. We, we can take this to the Lord. We can eat this. Jesus, he is despised and rejected of man. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, and we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and he was esteemed and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. If there's sickness, Father, I thank you that healing belongs to me. You bore our sicknesses, our pains, our sorrow, our diseases. And I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and I am made whole. Therefore, no, nothing that takes my peace is permitted to be in my body. No sickness, no disease, no pain, no affliction is permitted in my body. In the mighty name of Jesus, divine healing is mine from the top of my head to the soles of my feet you've carried it for me you bore it for me you took it and therefore I am healed and I am made whole and then begin to thank him and then begin to thank him from the top of my head to the soles of my feet every sickness and disease has to go in the name that is above all names at the name of Jesus, every sickness and disease has to bow. No sickness and disease is permitted to trespass your body. It has to go in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, you are healed and you are made whole. Now you receive it by faith. Amen. If he could save you when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth... That's the same way you receive everything from God. You have to believe it in your heart and you have to declare it with your mouth. And if he can save you, he surely can heal you. You just got to refuse 
you refuse it to overstay in your life. Amen. Prayer changes things. Turn to Acts 12. Acts 12. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you came tonight? Hallelujah. You got you to gotta believe it. Amen. You have to stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Build yourself up. Praying in your most holy faith. Edify yourself. Encourage yourself. Take God at his word. Amen. Smith, Smith, Smith Wigglesworth said, God will pass a million people to get to one person that believes. That's you. Somebody say, that's me. Say, pass them all up, Lord, because I believe your word, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm rooted in your word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Maybe I want to go. Maybe I want to go in this translation, 12. Hallelujah. Listen to this. There's power, say, there's power in prayer. We will have prayer service tomorrow at 7. Determine yourself to press in this next week like never before. We're going to, this last week of prayer and fasting. Don't raise your hand, but who's still with us? Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes me happy. Listen, if you dropped out, get back in. Just get back in. Amen. In Acts chapter 12, verse 6, it says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Wait a minute, wait a minute, let's go back. Let's start at 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostles James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. He was prideful. His story didn't end good. When Herod saw how much it pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. So Peter was next. James died. Peter was next. He was going to kill him just to make himself look good. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then, the, then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. So that's how much? Wow. Four times four? 16. 
Herod intended to bring Peter out for a public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Underline that. That's what we've been doing. While Peter was in prison, about to be executed, the church, say the church, not church's chicken. That sounds good, but I rebuke that thought. Even things I didn't like back then sound good right now. Courtney said the other day, I'm craving a hot dog. She never eats hot dogs. The church prayed very earnestly. Say earnestly. Say there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer in your personal life. And there's power in prayer when you congregate together. Bishop Oyerebo says a church that doesn't pray will never grow. A church that's not on the go will never grow. So a church must pray together and it must be on the go actively reaching out actively expanding the kingdom of God and then it says so the church was praying right earnestly say earnestly the night before Peter was to be placed on trial he was asleep I love this because this is rest he was going to be put on trial and most likely they were going to execute him that didn't bother him, J.L. That's goals, right? He was asleep. He was asleep fasting with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly. It wasn't a coincidence. It was because the church was praying. I pray in the name of Jesus this coming week, you're going to get a suddenly in your life. And I mean a good suddenly. I mean a good suddenly. A suddenly like Brother Ram said, they're going to say it was Jesus. I believe that with everything within me. If you're going to receive, if that's going to be you, I want you to shout a loud amen. amen. Suddenly, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power dynamic in his work. And that's what the church was doing. They were creating power by prayer. They were putting a dynamite against the prison gates. They were putting a dynamite against the shackles of Peter. They were putting a dynamite against that prison. Because suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell. <laughs> and an angel of the Lord's stood before Peter. There's Peter. <laughs> and here's the angel of the Lord. I'm sure he spoke Spanish. What's up with this guy? Okay. Get on up. 
And then an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And I'm sure the angel was like, man, God loves you. I'm sent on a mission. The angel struck him on one side. To awaken him and said, quick, get up. That's what prayer does. It changes your level. It changes your position. Get up. You're getting up. And the chains fell off his wrist. That's dynamite power did that. That's dynamite power did that. I'm telling you, when you're praying in your personal prayer time, when we're praying as a church, there's a dynamic, there's a dynamite explosive power available unto you. How many of you believe that? Dynamic and it's working. It's working. Dynamite power is working for you when you're like, Thank you, Lord. And chains fall off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate. Dynamite caused those prison doors to open. Hallelujah. Leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. It opened for them all, but they're just walking through. That's what prayer does. It puts an end to a struggle. It gives you sweatless victory. You're just walking through. Amen. The, the, the prayer of a righteous person availeth much makes tremendous power dynamic and it's working. Come on. The, the doors will open for you. The right doors will open for you. The wrong doors will shut for you. Promotion comes from the Lord. Increase comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't got to make things happen for yourself. You just act in faith. God will do it for you. When you pray, it causes God to perform. When, a, when Jehoshaphat prayed and fasted because there was a, a mighty army that was a coming against them. The, the Bible says that, that he didn't know what to do, but he first thing he did was sought the Lord in prayer. Then he called prayer and fasting. And then the word of the Lord came. Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight. The battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. That was settled. But even then, the enemies were still plotting against them. So prayer didn't completely put a stop to the enemy, but it caused God to come and begin to perform on their behalf. Because it wasn't until they gave God their highest praise. That the Bible says that the moment that they begin to praise the Lord, God caused an, uh, 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 the enemy to begin fighting with each other. Prayer causes God to perform. Praise causes God to perfect your situation. Amen. 
Let me read that again. They passed through the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. How many of you know the Lord did that? So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John, Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate. And a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. Get ready as you're praying before the Lord. You're going to hear that door knock. Whatever it is that you are praying for, it will show up for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just like the church was praying for Peter and the very one they were praying for came knocking at their door. It shall be unto you in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. If you really believe that, give the Lord a mighty shout of victory. God is not a respecter of person. Hallelujah. 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 Effective prayer. I love this encounter. This hit me hard. This hit me hard. It hit me hard. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everybody, Peter is standing at the door, guys. And they said, you're out of your mind. They doubted it. They couldn't believe it themselves. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. They still didn't believe it. <laughs> it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. Guys, I'm here. Don't miss it. Don't miss your little cloud. Amen. That's why you pray and then go on. He continued knocking. When they finally opened the door, they saw him. They were amazed. He motioned to, for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. He testified. God set me free. The Lord did it. He caught... He, he caused the shackles to come off. An angel of the Lord came to my rescue. He woke me up. I was sound asleep. An angel of the Lord woke me up. Man, he opened the prison doors. 
led me all the way into the street. The Lord came to my rescue. The Lord helped me. The Lord stopped the plan of the enemy over my life. They were trying to take my life, but my time wasn't yet. And God sent an angel of the Lord to come and rescue me. God will make a mockery out of the enemy's plans over your life if you pray. He'll make a mockery over the plans of your ch- against the plans that the enemy has over your children if you pray. If you pray. He testified. He told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then and, and then he went to another place. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. (laughs) Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. He killed them. Afterwards, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. But listen how the King Agrippa story ended. Now, Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment uh, with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, it is the voice of a God, not of a man. And he loved that. Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving God the glory. So he was consumed with worms and died. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread. And there were many new believers. You know, the miracles that God will do in your life will, will, will be for an opportunity to glorify God, but to lead many to Christ. The miracles that God does in your life are for the non-believers. It, it serves as a, 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 um, a, a, what do you call it? A, a, Um, what do you call it whenever you want to advertisement for the kingdom of God that is why you should want to get answers to your prayer that is why you should allow God to do what he wants to do in your life amen because what what he does in your life is for his own glory and it's for an opportunity to stand up and declare and testify of the goodness of God and bring hope to others that if God did it for you, God will do it for them. Many believers will come to Christ as a result of the miracles and the turnarounds that God does in your life. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission to Jerusalem, they returned taking John Mark with them. It's okay if I read the Bible a lot. And then it says, let's jump 
to Well, maybe that's it on that one. Did that bless you? Hallelujah. So prayer changes things. Prayer changes stories. Prayer changes situations. Praying in line with God's word is a key. Amen. So uh, it must be a heartfelt prayer. It must be praying in line with God's word and faith. Number three, there might not be a lot of shouting and hallelujahs. But you must clear the barrier between you and God. Because if I was just here telling you, God is going to answer your prayer. God is going to answer your prayer. But there's sin in your life. That won't work. So I got I to I hit on that. Amen. In 1 John 19, 3.19, you got to clear every barrier between you and God. Every dam. Every dam has to come down. Every damn barrier has to come down. A dam is a blocker. And there are things that do block your prayer. There's things that do block your prayers from being answered. Amen. Listen very carefully because this will put a responsibility in you as to what you want in your life. If you want to live a, a life of mediocrity, a life of just, you know, religion, or getting your hopes up thinking that, you know, but then you don't take no responsibility to make sure that there's no barriers between you and God, you got to decide. But God loves you, and he's good, and he's merciful, and he will help you, but he needs your cooperation. Because if you don't want to change things, who am I talking about? I'm talking to everybody. Amen. It's worth it. Getting rid of every barrier. In 1 John 3, 19. It says, and hereby we know that we are of the truth. This is how we know that we are of the truth. And shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. How many of you know that God knows everything? So live like you know he knows everything. Amen. Live like, like he knows everything about you. And if and then it says, beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. I quote this almost every, every, every service. But here's a, here's a passage in case you didn't know it. Beloved, talking to believers, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. If our hearts condemn us not. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. 
or we can say we keep his word and do those things we keep his word and we are doers of those things that are pleasing in his sight I know I wasn't going to get a lot of AMS. There are things that hinder your prayer life. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. There's a reason why we receive of him. Because, say because. We keep his word and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So that means if we're unpleasing as a result of not obeying his word, we won't receive those things that we ask. We have to remove every barrier between us and God. Anything that is hindering, we gotta remove it. Why are some prayers answered and others are not? John declares in the scriptures that an, an effective prayer life, listen to this, you might wanna write this down. An effective prayer life is related to our devotion to God. That's heartfelt. That's earnestly. That's a vow. I'm committed. That's losing my life and finding it. Taking up my cross. Putting my hand to the plow and not looking back. The Bible says those that put their hands to the plow and look back are not fit for the kingdom. That's not you. Because we put our hand to the plow and we've not looked back. And we ain't looking back. We're disgusted with everything that's back there. As a matter of fact, there's nothing in the back for me. There's no trace of it. So John declares that an effective prayer life is related to our devotion with God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his word and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You know, John also said, he who is of God sinneth not. And some people don't understand that. Boy, everybody sinners. Not everybody sins. I don't wake up every day. How am I going to sin today? Today I'm going to sin. No. And so you might sin, but you didn't, it was not, it, it was, you didn't plan out how you were going to, you didn't wake up planning out how you were going to sin because you're not a habitual sinner. He says, he who, who is of God sinned not because the seed of God is in him. That means he's born again. That means he's been washed in the blood. That means that old life is gone. So it's not in him to want to sin anymore. So he don't plan out how I'm going to sin. He's not a habitual sinner. Because the seed of God is in him. He's born again. He's a new creature. Born of the spirit. 
Those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. He who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will reap life. Life everlasting. So it's not us to sin. And if you sin, repent. But if you're just constantly like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just falling and I'm just tripping and I'm a sinner and I'm just like, you know. You got to understand that's not me anymore. If you sin and you don't feel like, like crying and hurtful and like, what did I just do? What the heck? Like, this is not me. And you, you don't go repent quickly. You understand the wages of sin is death. That's not in me. That's not who I am. And repent. So if you've sinned and you feel horrible, that's a good thing. But if you sin and you're like, oh, oh well, you know, tomorrow's another day. We just, then you need to get saved. Amen. Don't play with the things of God. Get serious. God will help you. If you want his help, he will help you. But understand this. Sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy your family. Sin will, it'll take a snowball effect upon your life. You think you're controlling it, but pretty soon your life is going to be out of control. It's not worth it. Look to everybody and say, it's not worth it. Let it. Get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. Get rid of every barrier. <laughs> Get rid of every barrier. You want answers to your prayer? Get rid of every barrier in your life. Effective prayer life is related to our devotion to God. How, how does that look? Obeying, loving, and pleasing him. Say obeying, obeying. loving, and pleasing him. Who's already made up their mind? I'm playing. I'm serious about this life in Christ. That's what I said. And there was things in my life that I needed to get straight. There was things in my life I needed to get straight. There were still connections. There were still like things lurking. But I, I, I asked, I, cry, I cried out to the Lord, help me, Lord. Help me. It costed me to lose people. It cost, me to have to, it cost us to have to start from the bottom. But it's better to start from the bottom and let God lift you up. Let him raise you up. It's going to take trust. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take being around the right people. But so what? It pays to do it God's ways. Hallelujah. Worldly riches can be taken away from you, but when you're in covenant with God, no one can take it from you. And if they take anything from you, you know how to get it again. Come on, you don't got to watch your back. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to find out where you're going to park. You don't have people knocking on your door. You don't have to, you're not just putting your life in danger, your children in danger. You're not playing. God will help you. And he wants to help you. And I see God helping you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Say, obeying, 
loving and pleasing. We never imagined, right, babe? Never imagined. All you knew was the streets. All he knew was the streets. It's not easy. But when you start working on your faith and trusting God, taking him at his word, and, 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 and it's not in you. You don't want to, you've never, you know, you don't want to be that, uh, you want to, you have an encounter with God, you truly want to please him. You see what he's, he's doing in your family, you see what he's doing in your life, you see what he's doing in your marriage. You're done with all that stuff. But it takes the power of God and it takes the hand of God because you, have, you truly have to trust God. You really have to step out of the boat and say, God, if you don't help me, if you don't do, you know, help me out, I'm going to sink. But guess what? God will never relax his hold on you. He will help you. He's there for you. He will never leave you without support and aid. We never imagine. Never imagine. He never imagined you could be doing something else than what you always done all your life. That is why for a while I was serving the Lord and he was not there yet. Because you try to figure it out. How? How do I let go of this and how do I go into this other? But little by little, it was like the Lord began to, you know. He, it, but the Lord didn't make him. He began to have to trust God. He began to have to step out of the boat. He began to have to... You know, and then look what the Lord has done, babe. I'm so thankful. You didn't end up in prison. You didn't end up dead. For a while, I was living in fear because I thought something. But then I, I knew, I, 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 I believe, I knew God will help him. And he did. He really did. Amen. I remember we got together back in 1993. Some of y'all weren't even born. <laughs> and he, 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 went and got, he went and got a job at, at a, what's, where was that grocery store? Right there on Little York, Food City. That's one thing. He always had a job. I mean, whether it was a cover-up or whatever, but... <laughs> My husband, I thought that was so nice. He got a job and he was sacking groceries. That was his first job, right? And then... From, from, from Ace, I mean, from Food City, he went to Ace Hardware Store right there in Aldi Marriott in 59. <laughs> huh? Then they stole his car, yeah. Well, it was a nice Cadillac with rims, but. We live like that everywhere we go. Cars getting broken into. It's horrible. Never could park anywhere, could not eat anywhere. Horrible. Then after Ace, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Exactly. Then from Ace Hardware Store, you, you went to, um, think about it, babe. 
were with my dad. Bad thing. Because it was a night job. And he was the, the guy where everybody would come. He had an office where everybody would come and get the tools from there. But I'm sure they were getting more than that. But then... Then you left there and you met Nick. He's like, do you want me to say it? Or you met Nick and Nick was a plumber. He was this country big old guy, made the best briskets. And Nick taught him how to do plumbing. He taught him everything he knows about plumbing. Nick had a bad addiction. About $3,000 a week he would spend on his addiction. He ended up dying. But he taught George everything he knows about plumbing. And then the Lord began to do a work in my husband's life. And he did something very neat. He decided to get his plumbing license. Then we went to Austin. He took a test, came back, and um, finally the Lord began to deal with him. Started, you know, growing the family, had Georgie. And about that time, God was already dealing with him. Why am I saying this? I don't know. And... Um, Georgie was little, about two, three, and he would go with George everywhere. And um, I think one day he asked George, why do you go to a lot of places? You have a lot of friends. Like, you go see a lot of people. And immediately, God used them. God uses children. He uses children. And I knew my husband loved his kids. But love is not just words. Love is making the right decisions for your children. Amen. And so George felt the conviction of the Lord right there and then. And um, when Georgie said that, because he knew he's watching me. He's seeing what I'm doing. And I don't want that for my child. And God was already working in him. And then, long story short, or short story long, like I've been, God changed his life. Never imagined seeing himself doing anything else. Because he didn't know. He didn't know anything else. And God knows that. And God can help you, but you have to turn to God. Amen. You have to decide uh, what life you want. I, I have this life, and it'll be a no-brainer. This is how my, my story's going to end. Or you can say, God, I want the life that you have for me. And George decided that, and I thank God every day, you know, that he decided to get rid of every barrier and decide to do it God's way. And, and serve the Lord. And, 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 you know, God began to help him. 
at first, you know, it was like, well, you know, I wanted my husband to change. But, you know, a lot of other things changed too. Like money. Amen. But the Lord had to help me because then we had to start over. But God is faithful. I'm so thankful that we did. Because little by little, God began to help us. God began to increase us. God began. Life is good with the Lord. Amen. And he's here with me. I don't have to go put flowers in his tomb. I don't have to go visit him, which I told him, you ever get locked up? I, I, don't, I will never step into there. That's what I would always say, but I'm, I'm sure I would. But I thank God I didn't have to. <laughs> I said, listen, I used to talk so crazy just because I was trying to do it. <laughs> Because I was trying to, I was doing it like a carnal way. I would, I would try to put fear and with the children and everything. And, and you know, you're going to see this and you're going to see this and you're going to hear this. And if you don't want that, get it together. But that didn't help. Because that's not how it works. <laughs> but I had to learn how to exercise my own faith. Amen. And do it things God's way. I thank God for patience. I thank God that he's faithful. I thank God that his word is true. Amen. I thank God now that our children never had to go through that. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful. His mother's here. Don't get me started on Rachel. <laughs> she said, don't. <laughs> Joe's like. Just like a total miracle. Nothing's too hard for God. All things are possible if you only believe. Hallelujah. I want you to say obedience, loving, and pleasing. That's a requirement for effective prayer. Get rid of every barrier between you and God. I don't know why I went there, but I did. And I prayed to help somebody. But in John 8, 29, Jesus said, And he who sent me is with me. We're talking about the Father. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that are pleasing to him. Jesus said, I always do those things that are pleasing to him. Amen. It's important that you, if you're going to have effect, uh, prayers that are effective, that you please God. Did I leave anything out, babe? Everything's good? Okay, just checking. If you have to say something, let me know. You got to say something? You're good? Perfect. He's perfect. Okay. Second Corinthians 5, 9. It says, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Pleasing to him. That's a requirement. Obeying, loving, and pleasing. Effective prayer is related. An effective prayer life is related 
to our devotion to God. In Ephesians 5, 8, the Apostle Paul said, For you were once darkness, but now you are light. But I like the way this says, says you were once darkness, not in darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light in the, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. That is, should be in us. To please God and to find out what is exactly that is pleasing unto the Lord. Obedience, loving, devotion. And then 11 says, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So the light will bring and expose those things. And all you have to do is decide what you're going to do. Amen. Hebrews 13. Verse 20. The Apostle Paul says... Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work. Make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you what is well pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Get rid of every barrier. Between you and God. Psalm 66 verse 18 and 19. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So what are you praying? Is there anything between you and God? Because if there is, the Lord won't hear you. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer because he was acknowledging and he was saying, if I have any iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In Psalm 50 verse 14. It says, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. The vow of our salvation. 
the vow of our commitment. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. That was a vow. Like when you, 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 you set the vows when you got married. I'm committed to you. You're committed to me. I vow to be with you. You vow to be with me. And then it says, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So keep the requirements of the covenant. Living a life of obedience. Living a life of devotion. Living a life that loves God. Love with action. You prove it with your life. You prove it with putting him first. You are devoted to him. You do those things that are pleasing to him. And anything that is pleasing to him, you get rid of it. Come on, who made up their mind? Who is convinced that there's nothing in this world that will be able to separate you from God? Sin separates you from God. And if you're going to receive answers to your prayer, you have to take the, make the decision to get rid of every barrier. In Proverbs 15, 29, and I'm going to close in a minute. Kids are off tomorrow, right? Okay, well, stop looking at the clock like your kids got to go to bed. <laughs> the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Isaiah 59.1. Turn there. So I want you to look at it. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. It's not that God cannot do it for you, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear you. But your iniquities have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. The only prayer from, that God hears from a sinner is the prayer of repentance. But when you are in the Lord, if there's sin in, uh, uh, unresolved sin in your life, God's ears are shut to your prayers. You're saved. You're praying. You might even pray in tongues. But because you haven't dealt with that barrier, God's ears are shut to you. And it's not that he cannot help you. It's not that his shortest hand or his ears too heavy from hearing you. It's your sin that has caused the hand of the Lord to be moved and the ears of the Lord to be shut to your prayer. So what do you want? You want to keep struggling, coming to church, being full of the Holy Ghost, but yet because you don't want to get rid of those barriers in your life, you struggle, you put your family through a struggle and never prospering. Never, no answers to your prayer. Next year, you'll be in the same place. But it's not God's fault. It's your iniquities that have caused his ear to be shut to you. And if you think you're living that way and, and, and because you, you, know, you might be working things out on your own, it's just a matter of time before it crashes. People can pretend. 
in the, in the last days, people will have a form of godliness. They look godly. They don't ever miss church. They go to church, but there's iniquity in their lives. It's real, right? But it's good for us to know this because we don't want any of that. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers. Come on. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Watch what comes in. Watch what your little bitty eyes, your ears. Amen. Associations can be contaminating. It's important that you guard yourself. Amen. You hang around with nothing but cussers, pretty soon you're going to be blankety blank, blank, blank. Or maybe you're blankety blank right now, but you're asking the Lord to help you. But it's, it's not that he can't help you. It's that you, he's, tr- you know, there's things you don't need to pray for. You just need to act. You're praying to God, but God is saying, ah, you know what to do. Do it. Shut that door. Some people pray for things and they don't need to pray for it. They need to obey the Lord. And the moment you obey the Lord, breakthrough comes. Amen. Father God, help me. Father God, help me. God, God is like, <laughs> didn't I tell you don't be going over there anymore? Didn't I tell you stop buying all those the thing, your little bitty IC? Get rid of every barrier. The Bible says in Ephesians 4. Is this helping somebody? Are you glad you came to church? I, I really follow my heart to share this with you today. It's taking somebody to another level. Amen. Because I trust that people will take, you know, a, a, a. A word that doesn't put any responsibility on the hearer is a responsible word. But what happens when the word is delivered here, how many of you know it hits? <laughs> but it puts a responsibility on you, and that's a good thing. People that take responsibility, they begun to respond. That was good. Responsible, taking responsibility is responding. In Ephesians 4, and I'm closing down. Second closing. Verse 25, it says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Amen. Don't sin by letting anger control you. When you, when you let uh, anger control you, then it's a sin. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. That means don't let that anger get to a point of like revenge. 
Get over it real quick. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath while you are still angry. Don't ever go to bed angry. Be humble yourself. But it wasn't my fault. Humble yourself. Because you're not playing games. And, 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 and anger becomes a sin when it's not dealt with. And then that becomes a barrier between your prayers. And I don't know about you, but I'm working on some things. I don't know about you, but I'm requesting the Lord for some things. And I'm not about to let how I feel just because I get angry. You know what? Knowing that God hears my prayers and he answers my prayer, it causes me to get over it real quick. I don't have time to get mad. I don't have time to hold grudges. I don't have time to be in my feelings. I don't have time for all that. Yeah, people do make you mad. Yeah, the things rub you the wrong way. Yeah, you get angry, but get angry and get over it real quick because you're working on something. And I'm not allowed, about to let nothing become a barrier between God and him answering me and God and him answering my prayers. That, that'll humble you. You get mad at the husband? Ya me dando sueño, babe. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not confessing anything right now. We learned this. We learned this. It always used to be like that. It didn't. Be like, thank God I got another room in the house. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> not him, but like the door. But I don't got to, we don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. We're working on something. This walk with God is serious. We're not playing games. There's things to be done. God wants to show himself strong on your behalf, but you have to get rid of every barrier in your life. You have to learn how to conquer those things. And now, don't, I mean, if I told you we never have like a scuffle, I'll be lying to you. And I've heard the, mess, the most anointed man of God, they have scuffles. If somebody tells you they have a perfect match, okay, well, let me spend some time with you at your house. You probably don't even sleep together. We do, right? We have scuffles. But we get over it. It's like Jesse the Planet says, Kathy gets mad and she starts hissing like a cat. He's like, she goes, climbs a tree all the way to the top like a cat. And he's like, I'll just climb the same tree. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. We get over real quick. George would be like, what do you want to go eat? He knows what makes me happy. <laughs> he's like, where do you want to go eat? <laughs> You're hungry? And then we're like... Let's go. I mean, like, let's go to the boat <laughs> and get some jalapeno boudin. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. No, okay. <laughs> Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't let the sun go down on your head while you're still angry. You might be mad at somebody. Let it go. You, 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 other people, the way other people feel about you is not your business. You can't control that. Can't control how people feel about you, but you can control how your heart is. 
and you best get rid of it real quick. You better come to the Lord and say, Father, help me. Help me. Because unforgiveness is a major, major no-no. In Mark 11, it says that. When he talks about prayer. We like when he's, Jesus says, you know, have faith in God. For whosoever shall send to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Believe it not in his heart, but, you know, down not in his heart, believe it. Those things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever said. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then they leave out. But if you have unforgiveness, forgive. Because if you don't forgive, your heavenly father will not even forgive you. When you hold unforgiveness is such a dangerous thing because you not only have unforgiveness towards somebody, but you stand unforgiven before the Father. You can't even make heaven with unforgiveness in your heart. It's not worth it. You know, when people can cause you to miss God, it just shows how strong they are. It means they have control of your life. You have to decide. I'm, I, I can't help others, but I know what God requires of me. It's a devoted, pleasing, obeying life unto him. And unforgiveness is not where it's at. I'm going to let it go. Being angry is not where it's at. I'm going to let it go. Don't hang around angry people. Soon you become angry. Don't, don't do that. And, 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 it, and it says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on your right while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. And that, that becomes a blockage. Amen. Is this helping somebody? Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, Jesus said, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. You can fast and pray if there's unforgiveness in your heart. You can fast and pray if you don't, uh, 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 if you don't uh, uh, do the requirements of the covenant. What are you going to, what are you going to, what are you expecting? Mark eleven twenty five. 25, whenever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. James 5, 16, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That means unforgiveness can be a reason why you're sick. Not every reason, but it can be, sin can be a reason why you're sick. That's why he says, confess your trespasses one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Because it could be the reason why there's no peace. There's mental issues. There's oppression. There's sickness. It's not every reason, but it could be a reason. That's why he said, if. That you may be healed. If your life is not pleasing unto the Lord through obedience to his word, 
devoted to him, like the scripture says, removing every barrier of her life, acknowledging it and saying, God, I'll bring it before you. I don't, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want this in my life anymore. I realize that is what's been hindering me and I want to get rid of it. Go before the Lord and tell him, but mean it. Amen. Let this be a year that there's nothing that is going to be able to stand in the way. Nothing in this world is worth missing what God has for you. Nothing in this world is worth missing what God has for your family. Nothing in this world, the purpose that God has for your life. Nothing in this world. You got to be sold out. You got to love God so much that you hate anything that God hates. You got to be convinced. Lord, my life is going to please you. Clear any barrier between you and God. Or anything that is unpleasing. And stop blaming people. Take responsibility. Amen. Get out of that mess. If it's a relationship, get out of it. If it's not pleasing unto the Lord, get out of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. That's faith in action. And God, that's honoring God. That's not just saying, God, I love you, God. And then going back to your vomit. That's saying, God, I love you, and I'm going to show you with my life. I'm going to show you by the way I live. I'm going to show you by obeying your word. Don't put it, take responsibility to respond. God will show you what you need to do. And if he shows you what to do, it's because he would help you do it. He'll never expect you to do it by yourself. Yeah, some might cry. Yeah, it might be sad. But your love for God has to be stronger than anything. If you honor God, God will honor you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. How many of you have made up your mind, nothing is going to hinder my prayer life? I, I, God did not redeem me to live a, a life of hindrance. How many of you, the Lord has shown you some things today? Did somebody learn something? Now, I'm not going to call you and tell me what you learned. I'm not going to do that. But I know you did because I know, I know what I'm delivering. And, and that, that's my confidence. Amen. You don't have to tell me what you learn. I want you to live what you learn. Amen. I want you to bear fruit. I want you to take the responsibility and I want you to let this be a year that nothing is going to get between you and God. That if there's anything in your life that God, God will cause, it will show us things to do more, to less, do more, less of, move this, put this over here. And the, 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 the blessing is in the obedience. 
And when you begin to take responsibility by responding and making those adjustment, adjustments, then that's faith in action. And you are people of action. In the name of Jesus. Well, if you've been blessed, give the Lord some praise. How many of you are determined? I'm having the most fruitful prayer life. I'm going to see answers to my prayers. That your joy may be full. God will help you. I say these things because God loves you. And he wants to help you. But you have to respond. You have to be serious with God. You have to say enough is enough. This is not a place of just coming to church and that's it. This is a place where lives are being transformed, where the word of God is coming forth, where levels are changing. The pre and it's just, I mean, how many of you know that it's just different now? It's like, how many of you know we've gone to another level? And it's just January. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, that you touched the hearts of your people. Thank you that they know that you love them, Lord, and that they put their trust in you. Thank you, Father, that as you have enlightened them today, Father, that they will respond to your word. They will respond to, and by your grace, do those things that are pleasing in your sight. And I thank you, Lord, that you will help them. That you will help them, Lord. But I ask, Lord, that this will be more than just a desire in their lives. It will be a burning desire that causes them to make the necessary adjustments, Lord, to, to live a life that is pleasing unto you. And as they begin to take those steps of faith, Father, your grace that empowers them to live a pleasing life unto you will begin to multiply upon their lives. And they will get stronger and stronger, Father. As they draw near to you, Father, the, the, the desire to place you will increase. This will be a year of divine encounters with you, Father, where our, our, we will be more aware of your presence. We will be more aware of this covenant that we are in with you. Father, we will hold to the vows that we made unto you, Lord, to commit ourselves unto you as our Lord, as our Savior. We will serve you with no reservation, Lord. We will hold nothing back. You said, come as you are. And that's what we do, Lord. We yield unto you. I thank you, Father, that your people are changing levels. I thank you that they're, uh, for the new chapters in their lives, the best chapters of their life, fresh encounters, new levels in you, Lord. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord.